And now, from the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa tight ends Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson are two of 23 players selected to attend the NFL Draft in Nashville. The draft starts on April 25th. Fant and Hawkinson are projected to be first-round picks. The Iowa Cubs dropped their home opener last night 4-3. The three-game series continues tonight. In Major League Baseball, the Twins brought their bats to New York to face Jacob deGrom and the Mets. Out of the gap in left center field. This is deep and gone. Garver goes deep again. The third home run against Jacob deGrom. Twins win at 14-8 the call from Fox Sports North. In St. Louis, the Cardinals hosting the Dodgers. Goldschmidt with a drive. Out to deep left. At the wall. Gone. Sixth homer of the year for Goldschmidt as they win it. Nothing on the call from Fox Sports Midwest. Live from the Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Mark Morehouse on the Hawkeyes. Alex Halstead on the Cyclones. Still to come before we get out of here at noon. Well, a big story today. John Oran, Sports Business Daily, broke it. He, at least he was first to have it. Uh, that ESPN Plus has an agreement with the Big 12 to broadcast the three games, the three championship football games uh, that Fox declined to broadcast, 19, 21, and 23. But a huge component of that agreement was the uh, is ESPN Plus and eight of the ten schools in the Big 12, the exceptions being Texas and Oklahoma, have agreed to give up 50 exclusive events per year, including one football game and uh, any basketball games that aren't carried on ESPN, um, the linear network. So, John Walters, let's go straight to the horse's mouth because our question was, well, what does this do to Cyclones.tv? Do they become the provider? Trent, as you speculated, I'm going to say you're going to be right, but John Walters hopefully can fill us in a little bit more. Hello, John, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Guys, how are you doing? Good. Big story, John, uh, regarding, um, A, the fact that the uh, championship games have been picked up by ESPN, but ESPN Plus getting very aggressive as they try and gather up content, and they've got college content, and you know how that moves the needle, including Iowa State here. So, John, I guess Cyclones.tv, you guys have done an exceptional job there. Will ESPN Plus just use your stuff and put it on uh, their platform? I think a lot, a lot of that's still to be determined. I, I think there's a possibility that you'll see something along those lines, um, but if, it would probably look a little bit different because I'm guessing that with ESPN Plus you would have um, pretty much a standard graphics package that that these games would look more mm. the same than they would different, and so um, I'm sure that any school that's participating would be, um, it, you know taking on this new graphics package with the ESPN Plus graphics and having a certain look to it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is a, this is a big deal. And it, it's going to be, you know, the, the fact that uh, we're headed in a direction of more and more games being watched online and, and streaming than, than we ever have, uh, I think this is another step in that direction. And 
again, this is third tier stuff. This is not the uh, first and second tier. So this is games that have been on Cyclones.tv or been on K-State HD or whatever uh, universities have. Um, And then uh, the biggest thing is as we get closer to that next big TV contract for the Big 12 Mm -hmm. and 24-25, you kind of get all your ducks in a row and have all these things organized and and everybody on on the same line. Uh, so you're in a great position to be able to, uh, to to bargain for that new contract. So, uh, and and I think from a fan's perspective, Ken, the big thing is, um, yes, it's a subscription, just like Cyclones.tv is a subscription uh, currently. Um, you know, you, you're going to subscribe to ESPN Plus. You're going to get to see uh, your team's games, and then you're going to get to see your team's games on the road, which I think is the biggest thing. You know that. Uh, that when the Iowa State women's basketball team is playing at Kansas, um, you're going to get to see that mm-hmm. game. When when the uh, volleyball team is playing uh, at Oklahoma State, you're going to get to see that game. So those, are, I think, those are good things. Uh, more opportunities for fans to get to follow their teams. John, specifically for men's basketball, the package that the Big Twelve put together, where every conference game is on part of the ESPN family, is there a concern out there for people that? You know, they got ESPNU, they got ESPNUs, and of course ESPN and ESPN2 that those games that maybe fell. You know, you're, you're taking on a, a West Virginia team that isn't as very good, but they still placed on ESPNU. Suddenly those conference games are going to be morphing into this ESPN+. Plus. Is that a fair uh, a concern, I think, for Cyclone fans out there right now? I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's a little bit premature to 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 guess that that's going to happen. Okay. Um, my my understanding is the way I read it. Uh, that we're not looking at a, a big, big change as far as that goes. There's, you know, currently you've been seeing six or seven. I think this past year we might have had seven games on Cyclones.tv, men's basketball games. Uh, those games would just shift over in 2020 for us to ESPN Plus, and um, and and we would still have Cyclones.tv and be able to replay those games and show the live press conference afterwards and things like that um, with our Mediacom channel, um, which has brought some great exposure yeah. to, to the university, I think. Um, but we just wouldn't have the event on live on our channel. That would be the one big difference you know, with the Mediacom Cyclones.tv channel that people are used to right now. You wouldn't see that sporting event on there live. You'd see the stuff surrounding it. Um, but but I think what you're talking about is the the most of the regular season Big 12 games when TCU is playing Virginia West Virginia or Iowa State is playing Texas Tech have been on some family of the ESPN networks and there have been exceptions to that I know that a couple of years ago Iowa State played a game at TCU men's basketball that was you know just on Fox Sports Southwest it was basically on on TCU's third tier. We had a game with TCU on third tier on Cyclones.tv one year regular season game. So there, there have been rare exceptions to that rule. But overall, I think the exposure that the Big 12 Conference has gotten from that has been absolutely tremendous. And, you know, you, you think about, I know this past season, I think it was Virginia was playing Louisville. And the game was not, you know, and it was two top twenty teams. I think it was Virginia Tech, Virginia, John, because I might have been at yeah. years ago. I think yeah, yeah, two years ago was Virginia, but two seasons in a row, basically. There's yeah. been a top twenty matchup that we haven't been able to see unless we have the ACC network, right. and um, 
And I get that, and it's part of the bargaining power for the ACC as they deal with ESPN mm-hmm. and ESPN, vice versa, for ESPN to say we need some premium content on this the ACC channel. But as a fan sitting in Des Moines, Iowa, it would have been fun to watch that game and couldn't do it. But what I'm saying is the Big 12 has gotten tremendous exposure because almost every single one of its mm-hmm. regular season conference games has been available. And, uh, you know, whatever you make in money is one thing. Uh, exposure is another. And ultimately, exposure does equal money. But I, I think the exposure has been tremendous for, for the Big 12 schools. And I think that's why it's been such a strong basketball conference, a big part of it, in addition to some great coaches over the last uh, several years. Uh, John Walters, is our guest. Uh, this doesn't have, take place for Iowa State at, in uh, their case till 2024. Schools will, Joe, will go as early as this year. But John, the big one, at least for me, isn't it when I think it's going to um, it's going to really sink in. Uh, yes, it's 2020, but it's it's that first football game of the year. This year was supposed to be South Dakota State. It started out there, as you know, uh, and it, and Drake uh, the Drake game was on Cyclones TV. Bloom and Rosenfels uh, did uh, did the broadcast. That one I would assume would be on ESPN Plus. That would be, I would guess, the one football game that's required in the agreement to go over. Yeah, there's going to be one one regular season football game from each school participating, and uh, so you know I, I don't have anything in front of me to know what that game is going to be. If I was just going to look at our schedule and guess, I'd say it'll probably be Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this coming season. Um, and if, you know, let's say you have that ESPN Plus subscription. I think it's four ninety five a month. Well, uh, you'll get to see that Iowa State football game. And if later that day, um, you know, Oklahoma State is playing uh, Lafayette or whatever and you want to watch that game, that, that'll be on there too. So, you know, you'll have, again, more viewing options. And, um and for a price that sounds like it'll be fairly similar to what we charge for Cyclones.tv, it'll be about $60 a year to have a subscription to this thing. Um, you know, and I want people to understand it's not ESPN3. Right. You know, there's a distinction there. Um, ESPN Plus is different. It's a subscription thing. It's not an authentic, authentication thing where if you are a subscriber to Mediacom and you can – you you can get an ESPN three uh, programming on your on your uh, phone or on your laptop. This is different. Um, this is ESPN plus, and it is a subscription deal. So uh, I think for a, a reasonable amount, fans are going to get to see an awful lot of sporting events, and I think that's a good thing. John, last thing for you in our final twenty seconds or so. This isn't a case that Cyclones TV is going away, right? You guys got the press conferences, you do the special packages that you always do. Maybe softball, maybe volleyball are part of those games that go over to ESPN Plus. Uh, but in the Cyclones TV area uh, at the school today, people aren't hanging their heads thinking that you know they got bad news today, are they? No, no, this is exciting for us. This is good, good. news. Um, and um, our, our, our uh, I know you're running low on time. I'll make it brief. But our uh, partnership with Mediacom continues. And um, as different schools um, have their current contracts expire, uh, their, their main live events will move over to ESPN+. And that's where, that's why you kind of see the tiering of this and why some schools are involved early and then some come on board later. The bottom line is by 2024-25, you, you hope to have everybody lined up and ready to roll. John, thanks for providing clarity. Appreciate coming on on short notice. 
You bet, guys. Thanks for having yeah, me. Good to talk to you. John Walters uh, from Iowa State, Cyclones.tv. Uh, Mark Morehouse next, Miller and Condon, jo- Alex Halstead still to come. Uh, we're going to do, well, Trent, what have we got? Oh, it's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's SUPER to 200-200. Standard message and data rate supply. Mark Morehouse next, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14 San Hawaii. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to Mark Morehouse as we run a little late here, but a breaking story with that Big 12 uh, agreement as ESPN Plus becomes a big, big player with the Big 12. Uh, let's get Mark in here. Mark, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Cedar Rapids Gazette is where you can read them, gazette.com backslash sports. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys giving Bob Bowlesby credit? I mean, I remember when the Big 12 was dying and yes. collapsing, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it was sort of like the, uh, the the Game of Thrones episode where Cersei blows everything. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, uh, I almost brought a spoiler there, but... Uh, uh, Bulls, you gotta get Bulls a lot of credit for making the Big 12 relevant again. Uh, this is a conference that thought about expanding and, and then, uh, turned his back on that mm-hmm. process. People forget how organized, unorganized it's been and, and kind of all over the place it's been, but team stable now and probably gonna have the first, uh, pick, uh, quarterback, uh, Kyler Murray, probably the first pick in the NFL draft. Second straight year for that back one. Back years, right? Yeah, Oklahoma in the quarterback position. You know, there is a commissioner in the conference you cover, Mark, that is retiring next summer. Bob Bowlesby to the Big Ten, does that make sense? Uh, maybe, but uh, I I think the Big Ten probably has a plan in place. Because, um, you know, it's two years, so they're giving, they're giving uh, Delaney two years to kind of hang out and do whatever he does. Uh, good question, though. I, I still think Northwestern Athletic Director Mark Phillips is going to be your guy. Um, I, I just, for whatever reason, Northwestern Athletics Director uh, gets places. The Packers have Mark uh, Murphy um, as a, the team president. He was North, at Northwestern before. Uh, if you look at what they've done with the facility and how Northwestern does it, uh, it stays competitive. Obviously, it's lots of, it, it is Pat Fitzgerald, but. Um, I think it's going to be Phillips to Northwestern. I think that, that'd be my vote. Mm. Well, it's my vote that we talk hockey right now. Sure. <laughs> go ahead, boys. I'll go. Uh, Trent, you're outvoted. I'll go get her a soda. I'll talk to you guys in five minutes. <laughs> uh, so, Mark, I just saw your tweet. It is a wonderful time of year. I, um, I just love it. I live for it. Thankfully, my team came back to the city I grew up in, and they get to participate again this year. I'm not sure how long they'll be there, though. Um, you out of the West really like Calgary, and Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau, played in Dubuque. Take us back to then. Did you see him play when he was with Dubuque in the United States Hockey? I'm guessing he dominated he did uh i did not see it um the, the one person i, I covered uh U.S. in cedar rapids for a little while and oh we played for the sabers and, I'm, and, and then the wild i'm blanking on his name hmm. uh austrian guy um best hockey player i'd ever seen played at two falls hmm. i'm sure some listeners will remember uh, vanek thomas vanek okay yeah i saw him play i saw him play in cedar Rap against cedar rapids and he would be like a shark he would just kind of Right. Wait at the blue line, yeah. wait at the blue line, skate around in circles, and all the time he'd go. Yeah. And uh, touchdown every time. Uh, Johnny Hockey was like that, or Johnny Goodrow was like that. I, I just want Calgary. I want, it's time for Canada to win again. 1993, yes. it's been way too long. I want a Canadian team to win. 
Uh, I'm putting my money on Calgary. I, I, it seems like a, I think there, it's a what maybe a year too early for Calgary, but they have a, a legit I think MVP candidate, and then they have a Norris uh, Trophy candidate too. So I, I, I like Calgary in the West, just maybe kind of out of out of goofy optimism, maybe. Yeah, I could see a mark. Although getting out of the Pacific is is going to be no picnic. I mean, San Jose and Vegas in the first round is almost unfair that one of those two teams goes home. Likewise, in the East, Toronto, Boston, one of those two teams will will go home. Just the I wish they seeded it like they do in the NBA one eight two seven three six four five etc. But that's not the case. They stay in the divisions. Well, let's stay in the division that uh, that moves our needle. You as a Blackhawk fan, me as a Winnipeg fan, Nashville, Dallas. You know the two teams that played for the right to represent the Central, Winnipeg and Nashville, last year. I'm not sure I like either one of those two clubs, Mark. No, I don't either. Uh, I kind of like, I want Winnipeg to kind of muscle through. I love their style of play. Um, I've just been against Dallas since they moved from Minneapolis. So uh, that's, hmm. that's just my old hockey guy uh, sense to it. But uh, I expect this series to be interesting and, and fun, and, and uh, of the of the central. So dig that. I, that's that's the best thing I can say about it. I, I don't think, as far as action wise, they're a much better series. And the one that you mentioned, I'm really glad you did. Uh, Boston to Toronto, second best team in the NHL, I want to say, or the, against the fifth best team in the NHL, mm. and then whoever survives that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they get the best right. team in the NHL in the second round. Yeah. So I'm with you, Ken. I'm with you in seeding. Seeding, uh, they, they keep it to this divisional thing, and I don't understand. I don't like it, and it keeps teams kind of boxed in. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Toronto and Boston, in the last two series, uh, again, those teams have played, it's gone to a game seven. So you're virtually assured of a game seven. Maybe the NHL feels like the first round kind of needs that juice. I don't know. I, I kind of the fact that it's the first round is enough juice for me. I'm with you. Hawkeyes in a moment. A couple more on hockey. Mark Tampa Bay just uh, they just rolled through the 82 game uh, season. We haven't seen a, a club dominate like that in the regular season. Maybe uh, I'm sure there's been one since the Oilers, but that's that's the team that comes to mind right away. Pittsburgh has some really good teams, as you know as well. But man, Tampa Bay they they almost look unbeatable. Are they? I. I... Uh, you know what? I would probably bet Field just just mm-hmm. to be, just to kind of thumb my nose at the favorite, but I wouldn't bet a lot. Uh, I think uh, Tampa is fantastic. They've got the little the, the little scoring lines. They've got head uh, headman, the defenseman who is Braden uh, Point, you know, one of those. Yeah, yeah, and then that goalie Vasilev is. Uh, yeah, man, he's he's uh, he was in he played in, uh, in the, against the Blackhawks in uh, I want to say 2015 when they when the cut. Blackhawks beat the uh, uh, Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. Um, Basel got some time, so he's he's a little more tested than people think. So I, I think they're a fortress. I don't see anybody overrunning them. I really don't. I, I like I said, can I would bet Field yeah. just to be just to kind of be cocky and feel good about myself, like I've done something that I shouldn't do. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, what, one more thing. Sense. Well, yeah, it does. One more thing, and uh, we'll get to the Hawks. I know Trent's chomping at the bit here. Um, yesterday was the uh, was the draft lottery. Chicago actually moved up. I think it's a two-player draft. I mean, maybe that's yeah. unfair. But sadly, Chicago got the third pick. Right? At least yeah. they kept them out of uh, the division with Colorado. Uh, they had the best chance to win it, but they fell all the way to four. But in a two-player draft, sadly, the Blackhawks got the third pick. Yeah, and that means probably uh, Cam Barker. A lot of Blackhawks fans probably remember that. Uh, that he was like the third pick in a two-pick draft, and 
he was a defenseman who did some nice things and then uh, just didn't have it. And so, yeah, I think it'll probably be a defenseman, and I think it'll probably be a nondescript one that we won't remember. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, go ahead. is over. It's time to get into some Iowa football. You wrote yesterday, Mark, on the Iowa offensive line at the Cedar Rapids Gazette, the Gazette.com, and uh, had the line of the day talking about Winnie the Pooh and uh, his affinity for honey making it the correlation with Kirk Ferentz and centers along the offensive line. So let's go up front there. My first question, this is a time to tinker, and they're playing with some different things. We see Linderbaum making the move over from the defensive line position over to the center position. Mark Kallenberger has a very bright future along this offensive line. Could there be a possibility? He's practicing at guard right now. They kick him back out to his natural tackle position and move one of those behemoths inside of either Tristan Wirfs or Alaric Jackson. Could you see that happening, at least toying around with the idea at all here this spring? I don't think so, at least with Wirfs and Jackson. I just think that they're, uh, it's kind of like corner. If you have if you have Micah Hyde starting a corner, don't change him to safety because that's probably going to be open the door to Iowa State beating you uh, mm. 44-41 to triple overtime. So don't do that. Uh, I think Iowa has position. You know, every team has important position. Tackle is very important with Iowa. Most football teams, they have two superstars there. I wouldn't mess with that. I think this is more Kallenberger. If he's going to be in the best five, he's probably going to break in a guard. And he has to win the job. He has to win it. And I think the takeaway yesterday with Kallenberger and what Coach Tim Polisic said was some days it's two steps forward, one step back. I think he's kind of caught in that young guy stage. Where he's learning how to be big and learning how to use his body more, uh, seeing the big picture. So, I I, I would say he's fifty fifty on a guard spot, but I, I, I still I don't know I don't see anybody beating out Levi Paulson and I don't see anybody beating out Cole Banworth. So, probably less than fifty fifty as I just talked myself out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Moros is our guest. Mark, might this unit be back to being one of the strengths of this football team this year? Should be, um, should be. But it was interesting talking to the running backs yesterday. Basically, the running backs, in my mind, the running game is is more tied to running backs. I think last year was more an example of uh, offensive line getting it done, running backs not seeing and doing what they exactly need to do. I think the six uh, six explosive six play, six running plays of more than twenty yards, lowest in the Big Ten, fewest in the in the country last season, one of the fewest in the country last season. I think that opened a lot of people's eyes and you know put a lot of pressure on third down. Uh, with Stanley in third downs, and he did come through more often than not, but still, a healthy Iowa team can't do that. So a lot of it goes toward the running. It was interesting listening to the running backs. Basically, the running back position is going to change. I expect both uh, freshmen, Shadrick Bird and uh, Tyler Goodson, to get a good, long look to see what they can do. I expect them to change how it looks. Uh, Don't ask me how yet, because I, I need to see it, but uh, I look at the running back yesterday, just listening to those guys. They know what's coming, and, uh, you know, there's change coming, and we'll see, we'll see, you know, we'll see who's the survivors. Six running backs is a lot, you guys. Mm-hmm. Going to expect somebody probably to be moving on. Maybe it happens after the spring or even into the summer where they're going through those workouts. Of those two young guys, Tyler Goodson was the one I, I think that got more recruiting love, message board, Twitter love, those kind of things, because he's also part of the program and committed for a long time. What about Shadrick Bird? Kid from Alabama, good size to him. Another kid that is in here for the spring. Maybe some people overlooking him? I think he had a decent amount of offers, not a lot of big ones. Uh, played on very high-level football down there in Thompson, Alabama. So uh, I like that he's coming in sort of sort of steeled, sort of uh, tested. 
Uh, I think he played uh, his his quarterback was to his brother, so uh, he's used to kind of like spotlight draining his way. I, I, you know, he, the fact that he's here, Trent, really intrigues me. Uh, players said good things about him yesterday. Obviously, they haven't really played. They've done strength stuff. Um, I think that that fact that he's here now probably just edges him ahead in the program a little bit. I'm not sure where he compares yet with the guys who are here or with Goodson, but I imagine he's going to be healthier for being here early and be, have his seat on the ground come fall. Hmm. Uh, Mark, uh, any plans for you is, uh, to attend the NFL draft with Fanton Hawkinson, both going to be there in the green room and both going to be first-round picks? Uh, is that maybe on the agenda for you in the next couple of weeks? It, you know, I, I was thinking about that last night, and I haven't brought it up yet today. Um uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, probably should, and it's going to be an historic night. I mean, yeah. two Hawkeyes, same position, yep. potentially in the first round. I think between, ten, I think the, both Hawkeyes will be going between ten and twenty, um, maybe even earlier. So, yeah, I, I think it's probably time to maybe, uh, oh man, drive <laughs> down to uh, to Nashville. I don't really want to drive because driving season's over for me, but. Uh, <laughs> But I think there's one more coming. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Mark, great stuff. Thank you. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Mark Morehouse. You bet. You bet. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Don't you think it's a no-brainer, right? You'd think so. Pretty good story. Yeah. Peralt somehow sold it to the corner office here. Oh, really? He covered the draft one year in New York. Who was part? Who was in it that year? Balaga, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. But... Sell it to the corner office. You got it done. That's got to give him credit. Yes. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Trent's Masters picks. And you got to listen to these because you would have made out very well last year, had you? Now, do you sell these on that stupid thing that you. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't sell my futures picks. You Maybe I should. Your, how did you do your your customers? Yes, yes. Did they Were they on the plus side after basketball season? They were over the course of the season. 60%. Over the course of the season, right. Yeah, 60%. In football, and right. Uh, 52% right at that cut line. So snuck by in basketball. But if you followed me from the get-go, mm-hmm. you ended up on the plus side of things. Good stuff. We will take a timeout. We will talk to Alex Halstead next. Trent's Masters picks before we get out of here at noon. It's Miller and Condon. Ron Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. See you there. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon, Murph and Andy, two, the Fanatics today at four, and then uh, repeat tomorrow with Morning Rush coming on at six, then us, and so on and so on. Uh, let's get to Alex Halstead, shall we? CycloneAlert.com. Alex Trenton Ken, how are you, Alex Halstead? I'm doing good, trying to deal with this up and down weather and hoping that we don't get to snow that Minnesota and South Dakota are getting wouldn't, uh, later this week. That, wouldn't that be just uh, typical, right? It's beautiful <laughs> 80-degree days, and then, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I hope we avoid it. Uh, let's, let's do recruiting, first of all, Foot, football and basketball, because I know last weekend was a big recruiting weekend for the 2020 class football-wise, but in advance of that, uh, Iowa State's picked up a grad transfer cornerback and a big cornerback. I love big cornerbacks, and this kid, Bickham, uh, uh, is all of that? What is he six one six two? And I got to think he's grad transfer. He's coming to play right away, right? Yeah, that's that's the situation for Iowa State. Is you know really since I'd say December January. I said right after the Alamo Bowl, they started 
looking into what they really needed to fill in these final spots. And they've still got a few scholarships left. And, and one of the areas they've looked at is wide receiver. We've talked about that before. But the, another area they've really looked at is cornerback. And they've now filled that void with Justin Bickham from Rice. And this is a kid that has a lot of experience. And that's the reason they wanted to bring a grad transfer corner in. He started 23 of 34 games in three seasons on the field at Rice. Uh, like you said, 6'1", 195 pounds. So he's got the size at corner. And the big thing there is just that, that experience. You know, you look at that room and they really like Anthony Johnson Jr. and Daytron Young, but those guys have started four and three games. Mm-hmm. And so that room, I think, has seven combined starts. Justin Dickin brings in 23 career starts. And so you add a veteran, and, and from what I've heard, he can play corner or safety, so they'll see where he fits when he gets here. What are you hearing um, at, at Cyclone Alert and 24-7 Sports regarding grad transfer? There's rumors out there, Alex, I'm sure you've heard them, uh, that the NCAA is getting ready to uh, um, to rescind that or certainly make it a lot more difficult. I think it's great, personally. I really do. I think these kids should be able to take advantage of that, but apparently the NCAA doesn't think that, uh, that that's should be the case what are you hearing potentially grad transfers maybe going away yeah, the, the one thing i've seen i don't know if it was don calipari or somebody had made a mention of it on the basketball side is there's maybe not go away but maybe punishment if the guy punishment so to speak i guess if the guy or the player um doesn't get their degree you know either there and that sort of thing so if they just come play and then leave without finishing that degree that they came um, then I think it, it would count against your scholarship total or something. That's one proposal that people put out there. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, the, the grad transfers have been big, but also now the immediately eligible waivers have become a big thing. And so I think there's still a lot to figure out in the transfer world. But, you know, Matt Campbell on the football side, he's liked them to a degree, but he really only likes to use them to really fill a, a void or two every offseason. And I think Prohm's kind of transitioned a little bit more to where They've been a little bit more successful for sit-out transfers than they have grad transfers. You know, speaking of transfers, jumping over to the basketball side of things, a lot of conversations, the tweets that will come out from the John Rosteins and Jeff Goodmans of the world. Uh, this team, uh, this player's been contacted, and you see 10 schools listed there. Uh, contact can go a lot of different directions. How difficult is it for you with the transfer market the way that it is? And Iowa State being mentioned a lot of times, Kind of, I don't know, making your way through through the shaft and, and figuring out exactly the people that Iowa State is really interested in out of this group. Yeah, that, that's one of the most difficult parts of this time of year, and especially I think for basketball is, you know, we have a transfer portal database at twenty four seven Sports that you know puts those names in there as they transfer. And I think as of earlier this week, it was already up to five hundred seventy three basketball transfers. So <laughs> there's a ton of them, and that's a mix of sit out and grad transfer and, and whatever, but. You know, Iowa State or any school could be contacting dozens of those. And so I think first you have to figure out who they're contacting. And then beyond that, you have to kind of also then sort through which ones are most serious. And, you know, right now, Iowa State has three scholarships, assuming Taven Horton Tucker and Linda Wigginton stay in the draft. And I think they're kind of in a situation where it looks like they're probably going to try to get one of those high school guards that we've talked about before, maybe a grad transfer and a sit-out transfer. So they're going for different types of things, uh, but they've been connected already to a few sit-out transfers here in the first week or two. 
Well, let's talk football. I know the uh, you guys had an opportunity. Mike Rose was uh, made available. Look, a lot made of the fact that Brock Purdy didn't go through spring football last year and didn't even get here till the summertime. And look where he's at in the season he had last year when he got his opportunity. Mike Rose was there from game one, uh, won the won the position uh, in, in fall camp, and really never looked back. Um, I mean, seemingly. The ceiling for this kid, who knows where it's going to be. I mean, the impact he had in the Big 12 as a true freshman at that position is remarkable. Um, what's his spring been like going through spring football for the first time? Yeah, you said he was actually a little bit nervous going into it, which was, he thought, a little bit odd considering he did start 13 games as a true freshman, but he had never been through spring football. And, and like you said, last year this time, he was you know walking the halls of his high school back in Cleveland. So, the biggest thing for him has been that when he arrived last summer, last June, he was 212 pounds, and he said as of yesterday or recently when they measured in, uh, he was 240 pounds. So you know, this is a kid that's gone from 212 pounds to 240 pounds, and a lot of that's actually been since the season. I think he said his playing weight was around 225 uh, to 230, so you know, he's added more weight even since the season, and he thinks that's going to be big because the biggest thing he noticed was probably durability, but not even durability as much as taking on a 300-pound block in the Big 12. It's more difficult when you're this true freshman that's not as big. And so he thinks that that weight at 240 is going to help him uh, with that. The other thing with him that they're trying to do is they're going to try to get him on at least a couple of their special teams units. You know, this is a kid that, you know, was thrown into the fire last year, started 13 games as a true freshman. They tried not to put him on special teams because, um, you know, he was an engineering major as well. And so balancing all that as a true freshman, they didn't want to throw too much at him. Uh, but now he's being worked into that as well. You know, of course, Matt Campbell, um, you know, has talked about they have put some of their best players on special teams um, because I think that's an important part of the game. And, and Mike Rose is likely to join some of those this fall. Rose, an absolute stud. Marcel Spears, very good on the side of him. The other side, though, still open with Willie Harvey moving on after graduation. I know you had an opportunity earlier this week to talk, talk with Tyson Vite, the linebackers coach. What do you say about uh, the guys in place there to replace Willie Harvey? And what else did you get out with the conversation with Vite? Yeah, so he said that, you know, right now nobody's necessarily emerged to take that job. And, you know, they're patient right now in spring. They'll probably have a little bit um, you know, more desire to move faster and find somebody once they get to fall camp. But they're kind of being patient, let things play out. You know, one of the guys there is, as we've talked about multiple times, Will McDonald just moved from defensive end to linebacker. Vite said he's at linebacker for good. You know, that's not a move that they're just experimenting with. They plan on him being at linebacker, and he's fully on board with that. So he's one guy trying to get Willie Harvey's spot. The other guy's Chandler Fulbermacher. Those are two guys that uh, Vite brought up, but neither of them has necessarily emerged to say, hey, he's for sure the guy yet. And I think they've only scrimmaged once. They'll have a couple more scrimmages to go. So still room for those guys. And I think the biggest thing with Will McDonald, obviously he's a six four guy that is now on the edge. They'd like to, one, I think, put more weight on him. But I think the second part for him is just to get more comfortable because it's a lot different, you know, coming off the edge and rushing and then now dropping back into coverage. So his is more of a learning curve, but they feel like they've got some time to figure that out. And Mike said it, it could be a situation where a guy takes the job or it could be a situation where if nobody says you know, they're the number one that they could go by committee based on packages. Uh, last thing, back to recruiting for me, uh, but uh, pursuant to football, Alex, Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, joining Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. We know the Purdy family has uh, loved the uh, experience of coming up to watch their son play. Uh, they don't miss his, uh, anything, or certainly whenever they're able to, the bowl games and the home games, etc., on the road. What about the Brock Purdy's younger brother, I believe he pronounced his name, Chubba, um, who I guess is a heck of an 
athlete in his own right. Iowa State, I would have to think, at least has a you know a better chance now that uh, Big Brother's here and doing what he's doing. What's Chubba Purdy? A is what kind of player is he, and what's the recruiting going like for him? Yeah, so you know, first of all, obviously, Chubba has been to Iowa State quite a bit. I think he got some airtime during the Alamo Bowl on national TV too. Obviously, he did. Yes, as, as now a recruit and. 24-7 Sports actually recently rated him. He's now a top 250 prospect in the country for 2020 as a quarterback. He's 6'2". He's a little bit taller than, than Brock, but he started to pick up some you know Power 5 offers from Colorado, Kansas, Kansas State, Louisville, um, and he's, you know started to become a little bit more highly coveted. And the question there for Iowa State is going to be how many quarterbacks are they taking this class. So far they haven't offered Chubb, although I think they have a relationship because, like you said, that family and, and the connection with his brother. But um, – the question is, you know, right now they've already got a quarterback in Aiden Bowman um, from Buffalo, Minnesota, who's a kid that's 6'5". Is a, you know, I think 24-7 Sports has him as a top 15 quarterback in the class. And his dad, Todd Bowman, played for the Vikings, spent 10 years in the NFL, coaches him. So, you know, he's coming from a, a good teacher, I guess. And so they really are really high on Aiden Bowman. They've already got a quarterback. And so I think the only way they get involved with Chubba is if uh, something happened there, which I don't foresee, or um, they decided to take two quarterbacks. But they're really happy with Bowman, and I think – now Chubba's probably going to end up somewhere. Iowa State probably hopes to stop the Big 12. You know, yeah. Kansas versus Iowa State or Kansas State versus Iowa State where the Purdy brothers playing each other would be interesting, but maybe he'll end up in the Pac-12 or something like that. Good stuff. Alex, thank you. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Well, Trent, the audience is getting a little closer to the radio. Uh-huh. As we come to that point of the program, we've teased it. Long enough. It's time for your 2019 Masters picks. Now, again, you had Patrick Reed last year. I did it. 45 40, to 1. 45 to 1. Huge pick. You were close in the U.S. Open with Xander Shifley. Um, some would say that you can't duplicate what you did last year. It's difficult. Now, Hedge I, Trent Condon. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably coming back the other way. I have gave you... Our listeners now over the last two years, the last two national champions in basketball. At big prices. At good prices. one at Villanova, yeah. Virginia, 12-1 to 1 before mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. I gave you the Masters champion a year ago. You did. And I'm going to try to do the same. And this is all for free. Yes. I don't charge. Think of what you would be getting if you actually did pay for his service. Maybe, maybe you're coming up with the ideas over there. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Just stay I don't on the be straight and narrow, yes. would you please? Yes. All right, I've had all right. enough of that. All right. So I like to give out. One of the favorites that I like, the one that I like the most. Mm-hmm. And the price. The price and the guy is Justin Rose. I played around what with Justin. What is he? 12-1. to 1. Is he really? Uh, some shops have him at 15-1, to 1, so shop around for the best price if you can. Uh-huh. Always something that you need to do. Rose between 12 and 15-1. to 1. I played with him a lot of matchups. Uh, him and Tiger, he's like minus 125. I love that one. Oh, a head-to-head? Yes, a head-to-head. Uh-huh. A couple other head-to-heads that I played. A lot of Justin Rose money this week for your boy TC. But Rose, that's out of the the top 10 group. Okay. That's my favorite. That's the one I'm Who's your in. flyer? My flyer, I have two. One's more closer to the top there. It is Tommy Fleetwood at 25 to 1. I love Tommy Fleetwood. He's 25 to 1. 25 to 1. That seems like a good price. And then my, my lottery ticket. My flyer of all flyers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Patrick Cantlay, who sixty-six to one, young American, twenty-seven, starting to come into his own. Played really well last season for a stretch. They're looking for that lottery ticket. Cantlay, 
20, and what what price is he? Sixty six to one. What's Zach? Zach was like one twenty five. Is he really? Yeah. Eesh. Just, I mean, it has to be perfect conditions for him, right? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. the way that he plays anymore. What's Ricky Fowler? Do you have him handy? Uh Ricky was, I think it was sixteen to one. Is what he was. What other? I am. Uh, I am fading the Italian Molinari. Are you? He is to miss the cut. You can get that at six to one. He hasn't been playing very well this season. Well, he but didn't he play well in the match? Didn't he? He was in the in, in yes in right. the match in, play in Austin two weeks ago. Yep, yeah. but but overall it hasn't been a great start to him. Mm-hmm. I just think the price is right. He hasn't historically played really well at the Masters, so that's another one that I'm jumping on and also playing around with some matchups there. But my picks to win again: Rose, the top candidate; mm-hmm. Fleetwood, the middle choice; and then at the end, your lottery ticket: Patrick Cantlay. Uh, what's John Rom? He is, I saw at one spot, the fifth choice, 18 to 1, 17 to 1, right in there. Our buddy Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Am I, am I not making this up, right? This isn't yeah. stretching the truth. Seemingly, for the last two years, he's picked him to win every major. Right. When we have him on. He didn't this week. Give me John Rom. John Rom! For that very reason. Matt Rudy's off the bandwagon. Ken Miller jumps on. Murph and Andy next to two. Fanatics at four. We'll do it all again tomorrow. The morning rush starts at 6 o'clock, 1460 KXNO.